Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. A couple of weeks after Richard W. Johnson, Jr., the publisher of a group of newspapers in Mendocino County called Mendocino Country, died, we played an interview with him recorded in February of 2008. Many of you commented about who he was and the kind of person he was and the things he attempted to do. This edition of Radio Curious is again an interview with Richard Johnson in June 2008, shortly after Measure B, a ballot measure to attempt to regulate marijuana growth and production in Mendocino County, California, was adopted by the voters. Richard Johnson was very opposed to the measure, and we began our conversation, recorded on June 18, 2008, when I asked him why he took on this issue, considering the fact that he did not use marijuana. Richard W. Johnson, Jr., welcome to Radio Curious once again. Good morning, Barry. Thanks for having me on the air again. Why have you chosen this issue as a battle to fight, considering that you are not a person who uses marijuana, either for recreation or medicinal purposes? Thanks, Barry. It was in the year 2000 that I recognized that the Green Party of Mendocino County needed to get organized. We needed to have a campaign. And I also recognize that a great many environmentalists in Mendocino County are not registered to vote and don't participate in the electoral process because they believe that they are defying the system and not participating in it. A lot of these people grow marijuana to make a living. I took it on as a project to organize these people into a political force to bring about an economic ecological and environmental reform in Mendocino County by electing different supervisors. So are you saying that back eight years ago when you uh, got the 25 limit issue on the ballot, were involved in doing that, that was a political organizational act as opposed to a medicinal marijuana act? Measure G had very little to do with medical marijuana, Barry, and it was all about personal use for recreational for having fun. Medical marijuana is about relieving suffering patients. Measure G was about smoking a doobie on the way to the rock concert or taking a walk in the woods after getting high. And uh, do you remember that's what marijuana was all about before all this medical stuff happened? Political changes occurred. People from outside of the area came to Mendocino County where they thought uh, they could grow marijuana more easily with less governmental uh, incursion into their economic activity. What brought about Measure B in your mind? Measure B was an electoral ploy to secure the re-election of Michael Del Bar and Jim Wattenberger in the 1st and 2nd District, respectively, even after they had voted to approve of an environmental impact study that would basically permit massive development in Ukiah Valley. They had become tremendously unpopular, and they needed a way to get reelected. This whole Measure B thing was cooked up by a political consultant in Santa Rosa named Robert Mulrath. 
and he urged them to launch this campaign in order to propel conservative voters uh, to get out for the primary election. Since then, it's been taken over by the Democrats, by the Chamber of Commerce, by a broad coalition of establishment types. What's your source of information that Robert Mulrath was involved? The uh, rumor mill and the political rumor mill in Mendocino County. You have brought a number of lawsuits to challenge Measure B. Tell us about those. Barry, uh, what I want the people of Mendocino County to know is that my lawsuits are far from dead. The newspapers have been reporting that my lawsuit was killed at this date, at that date, but that's not at all true. Barry, I'm going to the Supreme Court. I'm right now preparing a uh, petition for review and petition for supersidious and prohibition to stop the election for Measure B. I've gotten a lot of good advice on it. It's almost done, and it'll be mailed probably tomorrow. What are you asking for the Supreme Court of California to do? What I'm asking the Supreme Court of California to do is to order the county clerk not to report the results of the election, to sequester the ballots until the matter decided, and <clears throat> to uh, order the supervisors of Mendocino County not to certify the election. Basically, I don't want the voters to know how they voted until... The courts have decided on the legal issues I've raised. Barry, what I'm asking the Supreme Court to do is to settle the question as to whether voters in one political subdivision of the state, the county of Mendocino, can modify, alter, or amend the Compassionate Use Act, which was passed as a voter initiative by all the voters of California. Well, this, that's a follow-up from the People versus Kelly case, which Kelly. is um, going to perhaps be appealed to the Supreme Court by State Attorney General Jerry Brown. It's not a follow-up. It's using the same holding or reasoning. In Kelly, the 2nd District Appeals Court said that the section of the Health and Safety Code passed as SB 420, which sets numerical limits on the amounts of medical marijuana each patient can have, is unconstitutional because it modifies the Compassionate Use Act, which was passed as an initiative. And the principle that they used was a constitutional principle that that a, a, an, an initiative measure passed by the voters cannot be modified by the legislature. Well, and in this case, in SB 420, uh, introduced by former state senator John Vasconcelos from Santa Clara County, it allowed local jurisdictions to set their own limits. Precisely. And since that entire section, which is section 11362.77, has been held unconstitutional by the second district court, the, that is the one section that would seem to permit counties to be able to make their own decisions about medical marijuana per patient limits. And what my suit is asking the Supreme Court to do is to realizing that that may be unconstitutional to settle the question independently of Kelly as to whether or not the voters in Mendocino County have the right to alter the operation of the Compassionate Use Act within the boundaries of Mendocino County. Is this part of your organizing tool that you spoke of in the year 2000? Absolutely, but I never expected to be in the Supreme Court. <laughs> what are you seeking to organize at this point, eight years later? 
I believe we have organized it, Barry, and we're going to call it the Voters Union. And what we did was uh, focus uh, our energies. And I was the chairman of an independent campaign committee called the Green Party Working Group for No One Measure B. And under that name, I organized a committee of five or six individuals. And what we did was a get-out-the-vote campaign by telephone to targeted voters in the 1st and 2nd District to make sure they got out and voted. Well, Richard, over the years that we've known each other, some 25 years or so here in Mendocino County, some people say that uh, your newspapers and your words are rather acerbic, and they prefer not to work with you. What's your reaction? People have said they prefer not to work with me, and they can explain their own motives as to whether or not my words are acerbic. <laughs> hey, words are words, and you can take them any way you want them. It's not my words I think they're objecting to. I think they're objecting to my ability. There's gatekeepers and uh, traditional leaders of the movement, the left here in Mendocino County, and I am upsetting them, and I've always upset them, and these people have always been trying to tell me to get in my place, that I'm not authorized to do this or that, and this lawsuit is no exception. The, uh, the other campaign committee called the No on Measure B committee uh, has uh, tried to draw limits around me and tell me that I can't talk to the press about my lawsuits, and I'm now uh, breaking that uh, prohibition. I'm, I'm speaking out on your radio show, and I really appreciate you putting it on the air. Well, Richard W. Johnson, Jr., you seem to ignore people who profess to be on the same side of the political cause that you are on and urge you to follow a different track, yet you march to your own drummer. I think that's a fair assessment, Barry, and a good friend of mine uh, said the other day that I'm an artist and I don't look back, and that's the kind of reputation that I have. Uh, I'm not here to benefit myself. I'm not doing this to get rich or famous. I've been working on behalf of the community for 25 years here, publishing small newspapers and sleeping in my office, and just barely paying my bills, not in order to accomplish some kind of uh, station in life. I'm here to make a revolution. I told you that in the first interview. That's my interest. And basically, I'm going, I, I see what needs to be done. And sometimes when I try to do it, people get in my way. But I think if I go ahead and do it, that those who think it's a good idea will follow me. And in fact, in this latest campaign, more and more people uh, did follow my advice and, and have uh, have tried to do what I've asked them to do on this campaign, and now we have an organization. We think that we're going to be able to determine who wins in the November primaries in the 1st and the 2nd District based on our good rapport with thousands of voters in those districts who thank us for being no on Measure B and are going to be interested in our opinions on who ought to be elected in those districts. When you um, use the word us... Who else is included? I have a posse of uh, old-time uh, Green Party, mostly men, to be frank, but in this campaign, uh, several women came on board, too. I'm not going to put their names on the air to embarrass them, because people will come under uh, retribution and recriminations for being associated with me. 
People go behind my back and they say, you shouldn't work with Richard Johnson because he's this, because he's that. And the, the story always changes as to why they shouldn't do it. But the main message is stop Richard Johnson, don't work with Richard Johnson. And I'm just used to it. And I ignore it. I just go ahead. This is the second of two interviews recorded with Richard W. Johnson, Jr., in 2008. Richard Johnson died March 16, 2011 at age 66. For the last 30 or so years of his life, he lived and worked in Ukiah, close to the county courthouse of Mendocino County, where he tried to keep a watchful eye on matters of government. He wrote about his observations in many papers called the Mendocino Country. That enterprise has been taken over by Christina Anastat and Annie Esposito. You may contact them at the Mendocino Environmental Center at 106 West Stanley Street in Ukiah, California, 95482. This conversation was recorded on June 18th, 2008. The first one was recorded on February 19th, 2008. Both interviews are available on the Radio Curious archives at radiocurious.org. You are listening to Radio Curious. I'm host and producer, Barry Vogel. In this edition of Radio Curious, we're talking with Richard W. Johnson, Jr., who is the publisher of, um, what is it, Richard, Mendocino, half a dozen different papers? Mendocino Country Publications, of which there are four. Uh, one, The political newspaper is called The Independent. I have a holistic health newspaper called Confluence, a entertainment paper. I just changed the name of it, and it is now called Vistas, Vistas, V-I-S-T-A-S, and it's in color for the first time. And uh, also uh, <coughs> uh, El Sol in Espanol. And you're the primary writer. I am, in all of them, yeah. And they, none of them has any competition. And I wanted to mention, before I forget it, that my uh, independent newspaper, Back Issues, going back to the original Mendocino Country magazine, are, have been, are being collected by the Mendocino County Library in Willits. I'm really happy about that. And if anybody out there in the listening audience has some old copies of Mendocino Country uh, Magazine or Mendocino Country Environmentalist or any of the other names it used to be called. And uh, I would really ask you to take them to the Willits, uh, the library in Willits, so that they can be collected because probably I don't have those issues. That's a little bit about our guest today on Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel, host and producer. Richard, what motivates you to be the political activist that you are? Where does this come from in your background? My background? I'm not sure. Well, I think the most important thing about my background is my father made me go to Catholic high school. This makes me different than a lot of people. I'm proud of my intellect. I'm not into sports. I, uh, I don't think there's any limits on me as far as social change goes. What I want to do is lead a revolution. Richard Johnson... What is the goal in the revolution that you seek to lead? Uh, justice and uh, equality and environmental uh, protection and, and in harmony with nature and all that stuff. On the material plane in which we live here in Mendocino County, what changes would you uh, proclaim if you could? 
I think the most practical thing we need to think about is capturing control of the Board of Supervisors and getting a grading ordinance. Very practical things on the way to revolution. On the way to total revolution, we should use the tools that bourgeois political system allows us to use because we're not using them. There needs to be a grading ordinance in Mendocino County. It's absolute illegality, a shame, and a moral stain on our character. We're one of the few counties in California that doesn't have a silly grading ordinance. And the reason is because the big boys, the ranchers and the bankers control the government here. And why have we been here for 25 years growing pot and listening to rock and roll, and why haven't we taken over the government? And the answer is? Laziness. Where do you think that laziness comes from? I don't have a clue. I've been here for 25 years, and I ask people to do things, and they tell me, at first, Barry, they told me that they're kids. They had to take care of their kids. They tell me their water system is broken down. And then they told me the car needs to get fixed. And now, lately, I'm getting my parents are, have Alzheimer's, and I have to care for them. And pretty soon, it's going to be because I'm, you know, I'm in the wheelchair, and I can't do anything. People have different excuses as, as the epics in their life rolls by, but it's always the same song and dance that they can't get involved because of this, because of that. And it's silly. All you have to do is call up a few voters. I asked maybe 25 people to call voters for this election. And you know what? Almost none of them did. And I asked all the stars and glitterari of the movement. You can imagine who they are, including elected officials. Let's talk about the grading ordinance. Can you explain the import of it for people who might not be familiar with it in that term? In most counties in California, there's a law called a grading ordinance, which regulates how private individuals, say, for example, farmers, developers, can perform excavations and erosion control in such a way as to protect natural resources like streams and wildlife. And in this county, there is no such thing. The basic idea is to make sure that even that every development, no matter how small, is compatible with the State Environmental Quality Act, although it's not really necessary to get a EIR in every case. But in this county, there is an ideological uh, <clears throat> prejudice against any kind of regulation on the part of business, whether it be farmers, developers, or or anybody. And this county, as well, you let's stop there for a second. That that's a pretty broad brush. An ideological uh, position against regulation. Oh, absolutely. If you go to the board of supervisors, you hear it all the time. These guys are all libertarians. They feel that their job is to protect individual developers and, and proponents of projects from government regulation. You're John Pinches says this all the time. You're, you're speaking for the five members of the Board of Supervisors? As, as they are there now, yes. Is that three or five? Three carry the board. Oh, I think uh, you're trying to ask me if David Colfax is, because you're a Democrat Party activist and he's a Democrat. David Colfax is the darling of the Democrats, and no, he doesn't speak that way. But he has other feelings. He needs to be replaced as long as, as well as the rest of them, in my opinion. Who would you put on the board besides yourself? Uh, no, I, I don't belong on the board. No, 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 that's not my job. Uh, who I would put on the board is whoever I can get to conform to and agree to and obeys a platform which is based on principles, 
What we need to do, voters here in Mendocino County need to understand that they have a right to demand that their candidates adhere to a platform before they support them to be elected. Here in Mendocino County, our voters are, are used and accustomed to supporting this person or that person based on love and personality and charisma. And this is um, really immature politically. And what we need to do is begin to understand that as voters, we have the right to draw up a platform, shop for a candidate, and choose a candidate that agrees to the platform before we give them money, before we vote for them, and then we elect the person that we think is likely to implement that platform. This is a radical idea in Mendocino County, but in other places, it's the way things are done. Well, it's the way it's theoretically done on the national level, but actually those candidates are marketed on a cult of personality. Right. But let's stay with the ideas of the platform. Can you briefly tell us what you would include in the platform? Well, sure. I mean, we did develop platforms. Uh, the Voters Union was active uh, in the first and second district. The Voters Union is responsible, let me say this, for the entry of Estelle Pally Clifton into the second district contest and responsible for the entry of Dolly Brown into the uh, first district contest. And in each of those cases, we had platforms that those candidates agreed to. And those platforms say what? The platforms are broken down into uh, environmental protection, social justice, governmental, you know, reforms and so on. For example, we're against the pay raise that the supervisors help themselves to, what is a 45% pay raise. So now they're paid like judges. And uh, we were against that. We want a grading ordinance. We want special forest practice rules. We want ma marijuana production to be protected in Mendocino County. On and on. We have a, a you know water resources. It's a complete list of things. Distinguishing hope from prognosis. How do you see the future of developing a platform in this county along the lines that you uh, have just addressed or conflicting platforms that might be presented by other candidates? Oh, there's, I hope that uh, the whole concept of getting a candidate to adhere to a platform is adopted on the left. That's unclear right now. But it's no, my, I'm not asking it's, about it's your my, hope. I'm asking about uh, the projected reality of the possibility. Aren't Prognosis. they the same? For me, they're the same. Okay. Well, Richard, let's move on. Earlier in our conversation, uh, you made reference to your father. You are the same name as him. You're junior. He's senior. <laughs> tell us the influence. Well, tell us first the kind of person your father was. Or is. Is he still alive? No, my father's uh, passed away. The kind of person he was and um, the influence he has on you and your actions now. I am like my father in that I am a blue-eyed scoundrel. I found that blue-eyed scoundrels are more successful in life uh, because people seem to be swayed and carried away with the, the whole... Uh, charisma of it all. And uh, this, for example, might explain how uh, Mulhern, Jim Mulhern got so many votes in the second district because it can't be explained any other way. My father was a blue-eyed scoundrel who sold my mother on, um, on the romance of her hooking up with uh, a guy from the Irish ghetto when that was slightly outré for people of her class. She was a blue-blood Yankee in Massachusetts, and he was a, um, a young man on the way up. 
and he uh, convinced her to marry him, and then he used her money to uh, get involved in the real estate game. And he eventually got to the point where he's driving a Mercedes-Benz and belonging to a country club. And this, to him, was the pinnacle of life for the son of immigrants. He was born in a stable on a farm, a ranch, we would call it, in Massachusetts, where his father was an indentured servant from Ireland. Indentured servants, at the time, was a legal form of slavery, Barry. And they had to stay on the farm and work off their passage. My grandfather, Daniel, was a mechanic, and he cared for horses. He was a transportation specialist. Would your father be proud of the work you're doing here in this area and the, your ideas? I, I believe he would be. He dabbled in politics. He thought politics was kind of groovy. He was a big fan of John F. Kennedy, that sort of thing. Whether he'd be proud of me is another story. He sort of was convinced that I was a bum and that I'd never amount to anything. He frequently told me that. How about siblings? Do you have any? I have a brother who's in Marin County in the real estate market, in business, real estate business. Would he be proud of what you're up oh, to? Oh, he is proud of it, yeah. He and I are good buddies. We get along. Well, Richard W. Johnson, Jr., I want to thank you for being with us on Radio Curious. And before we close, um, the two questions. One, what's the most important thing you've learned recently? The most important thing I've learned recently is that when the courtroom is full, you can keep talking because the judge isn't going to tell you to shut up. And number two, uh, how about an interesting book that you've read? As I said last time, I don't have time to read, Barry. I'm sorry. I don't, just don't read. I haven't read for decades. I'm too well, busy writing. I write every day. Well, Richard Johnson, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Curious. Thanks for not putting Junior on my name the last time. <laughs> that was fun. Richard Johnson died March 16, 2011, at age 66. For the last 30 or so years of his life, he lived and worked in Ukiah, close to the county courthouse of Mendocino County where he tried to keep a watchful eye on matters of government. He wrote about his observations in many papers called the Mendocino Country. That enterprise has been taken over by Christina Anastat and Annie Esposito. You may contact them at the Mendocino Environmental Center at 106 West Stanley Street in Ukiah, California, 95482. The thing that Richard Johnson said that he had recently learned at the end of our conversation when this interview was recorded on June 18, 2008, was that when you are addressing a judge in a very crowded courtroom, you can talk about as long as you want and say what you want to say. Richard Johnson said he did not have time to read books because he was busy writing. There are over 380 Radio Curious archive editions on our website at radiocurious.org where all programs are free to download, copy, share, or rebroadcast as you wish. We'd like you to use the whole program and ask that you give credit to Radio Curious. 
You may also subscribe to our podcast and receive new programs as they are produced. Click the podcast link at radiocurious.org. Let us know if you need a CD. We can make one for you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. Snail mail may be sent to Post Office Box 7, Ukiah, that's U-K-I-A-H, California, 95482. The phone is 707-462-6541. Christina Onestead is our associate producer. You've been listening to Radio Curious. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back.